What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA Show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Dave? If we turned on the pitch black match black lights on you right now. <laughs> Don't even finish that statement. Well, <laughs> it's not gonna be, there's no way. There's no way this is going to end PG. There's no way it's going to end PG. Let's just stop right there. No, just keep me away from all black lights. I'm a grown ass man. Okay. It's not going to happen. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's just start the show. <laughs> What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to them. And you're listening you're to them. You're listening to And you are listening to them. And you're listening, you're listening to them. You are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz, your post Royal Rumble, very special Ooh. edition. How you doing, buddy? Ooh, Dave. We here, man. We here. The road to well, WrestleMania Well, let's just start in the general, in, in the very like the the top down view. Right. What what, right. what what would you rate the Royal Rumble as in the casometer? Uh, one of the best. I don't know if I'm not just a match. The whole event, the entire event. Yeah, I think top to bottom, one of the best Royal Rumbles of all time, mm. by far. By just far. to I give mean, it, a, give it, a, give it a letter grade. I'll give it a, I'll give it a, a, a minus. I think it was an A yeah. minus show. I think it was an A minus show uh, from the men's Royal Rumble, uh, the women's Royal Rumble. Um, I think, you know, the pitch black match kind of was what it was, but 
you know, I never get mad at the sponsorship dollars. Do what you got to do. Uh, but obviously, we're all talking about that main event, the ending sequence. I mean, just yes, not, you know. From, I would probably give it. I would probably give it an A minus two. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like. I was very, very high on it as I was watching it. Yeah. The whole, the whole event. And, and I feel like honestly, in, in, ge- so in general... It's, it's one of the first wrestling events I was glad I wasn't there live to see it. Because t- yeah. live couldn't have done it justice. I'm like, I'm, I'm hearing people. I was talking to people that were there. And like, yeah, man, it was crazy. I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to watch it on TV. There's so many things mm-hmm. that you might have missed in, in being there that was insane. But go ahead, Dave. My fault. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, I, I, I was so high on it at the time that my feelings have actually come down probably a little bit since the event. But that's actually sort of the, obvi- the opposite, I think, of a lot of my WWE premium live event takes that sort of like <laughs> it, it like sits better after a couple of days than it did at the time. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, but you're right. It, it was you said we're talking about the main event. And I think okay. that if there's one way, if you want to give, there's, there's been some justifiable criticism of the event, you know, of Cody Rhodes being, they, they announced he was coming. They put him in at 30. They put him over, you know, in a pretty straightforward fashion. You could even, you know, the pitch black match, like you said, it was what it was. I'm a little bit higher on it than most spoiler <laughs> alert. And then the main event, um, I think in a lot of ways was incredibly predictable, but I don't think that's a, that's uh necessarily a knock, but, 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 but despite any criticism, I think if you want to give it the best possible reading, we are talking about the main event. They structured the entire night around getting us to talk about the right things in the right way. Mm-hmm. And it's a sort of like second tier meta booking thing that we talked about some last week where they had to go in knowing that if anything went left, they could they would they would be dealing with another fan uprising for WrestleMania season. Yes. And the whole thing was sort of structured around getting us to the right point. And I don't not necessarily manipulative in a bad way, but manipulative in the this is pro wrestling, that's what they do way. And I think that there was in that sense it was an incredibly successful, a successful event. But let's talk about it in order. Um the men's Royal Rumble match kicked off the show. As discussed or as mentioned, Cody Rhodes is the winner. Cody Rhodes was announced even though it was a surprise that he was ready to be back relatively. He could have been a big surprise for the Rumble. And they saved him all the way till 30. He came in. Um, the last, I mean, there, we can talk about a lot of different spots in the match, but the final two were Cody and Gunther. Um, Gunther had been there since the start. And, and those two basically had a full wrestling match after everybody was out of the ring. Um, Again, I'll say, given the parameters here, given that The Rock and Sami Zayn and whoever else were not going to be in this match, and that that was that storyline was not going to be a part of this match. I mean, by the end, I felt like Cody earned it, and Gunther's a star, and I would I would measure that a pretty successful Royal Rumble. And there were a lot of cool moments in between. What was your take on the big first match? I'd say this. Um, a lot of times, Royal Rumbles are judged by like the surprises and who won and all that type of stuff. However, I think this Royal Rumble, if you went in there just, and, and, and I'm trying to do that more just as somebody who I guess is closer to the product than most. I'm trying to do it more where I just kind of go in with no expectations. If I just watch it just as a straight up match and just take it for what it is, how do I really grade it? How do I enjoy it? And I did that. And I think, you know, the actual match itself was so well produced. Like Gunther came out like 
Gunther's the problem outside of Cody Rhodes. He was definitely the biggest star of this match. For every sure. Every time, every time he faced well, he off was, with somebody, he, he started the match. So he gets like the double, he gets the bragging rights of being the marathon man who any almost won. For sure. And, and like now you see, I, I, I can't wait to see the post uh, intercontinental title run of Gunther when he's probably going to eventually feud with Cody Rhodes for the world title, like somewhere down the line. Um, he's proven himself as a main event guy. I mean, if there's anybody who's risen their stock in the past year more than him, I mean, the dude lost a shit ton of weight. He's become a great promo. He's become a great matchmaker. Um, I mean, a match uh, giver. He's very giving, even though he's he never loses. You know what I mean? Um, he's just awesome, man. And Cody Rhodes, you know, he did what he had to do. Like if in kayfabe terms, right? Like if a man can't wrestle with a half a booby in a Hell in a Cell match, I think he earned the right to get number thirty. All right, like give the dude a break. You know what I mean? Like not totally mad at him being number thirty. Not totally mad at him being the winner. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. I think I love that they got the Rumble matches out of the way because you said it. Like the show is specifically structured so we can talk about the main event and. Um, you got us, you've given us about 60 plus days to get Cody and Roman to, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, something that's very meaningful. Well, if that's, if that's indeed what's going to happen, if yes. that's what happens, <laughs> right. You know, but that's the thing, like they've, it's, it's rare in this, in this era of, of triple H booking that, you know, especially with the bloodline story, they've, they have won so much leeway with the fans with me as far as like getting there somewhere getting somewhere that Mm. makes sense that i could properly enjoy well saturday night was a big part of earning that too i mean it's a constant process of earning it you know and and i think that well we'll talk about the main event later but just in terms of the of the first match of, of the royal rumble match it was as i said before i mean just a, a masterclass in tempering expectations, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, like everybody at fantasy booked this a million different ways. And, uh, and, and this was the, it was never going to live up to everybody's expectations in that sense, I guess. Right. I, gotta, um, I also got to give them props uh, about, about setting those expectations. Right. Cause even mm-hmm. like in the pre-show, like, They've learned from their mistakes. They've learned how like Royal Rumbles can get sabotaged by fans, right? So in the pre-show, they come out the jump. Roman says, twins, you guys stay back here all night. Sammy, you're on my hip the entire night. Mm-hmm. Like Sammy's not in the rumble. Yeah. They came they came right off right off rip and said they're not gonna be in the rumble. Don't expect them to be in the rumble. So as the numbers kept get getting smaller. You just started to appreciate the match just to kind of know like, oh, okay, like we got Booker T, we got Edge, we got some, some guys, but like, you're not going to get, you know, this is, this is about Cody. You, this is about Cody and Gunther. Yes, you're right. Mm. There, I think that there's a, there is a, I guess a sort of unkind way of looking at it, which is just like, Hey, as long if WWE, WWE saying, Hey, as long as we told you, as long as we gave, you know, as long as we told you what to expect, you can't be mad. Well, you can still be mad. You can still wish something had happened a different way. Mm-hmm. But, but the fact is, they're just telling the story really methodically, right? I mean, they are setting the expectations. And okay, let's talk a little bit about the names that you just mentioned. The big no, surprise, even, even down to the Rock, even down to the Rock, like mm-hmm. even the way that they're talking about him. I'm still mm-hmm. not convinced he won't be at WrestleMania. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm still not convinced that you know he won't find himself either involved in the main event or at least showing up or something. Like, of course, they said he's incredibly busy. Of course, he couldn't get in shape 
for the Royal Rumble, but it's like, do you really need him to win the Royal Rumble or to even? Well, be yeah. In do it you really need him, him to show to be... up and potentially get booed? I mean, that's no, the question, right? You, don't. you absolutely don't. Exactly. So you know. He so can yeah, show up I'm, I'm not sure that he's not that he's not going to show up either. I mean, it really just from a very practical level, I'm sure uh, even if it was the best possible version of the storytelling, and it wouldn't have been for him to be there last night or Saturday night, sorry, even if that had been the case, I mean, The Rock's a really rich, really, really, you know, (laughs) really famous dude. If you're just like, hey, do you want to headline WrestleMania? Yeah. Do you want to work 10 dates before it or just one? What do you (laughs) think for the same amount of money? Who do you think they're going to say? Exactly. Um, So some of the names that you just mentioned, uh, the big surprises of the night, Booker T, uh, who looked fantastic. I mean, listen, anybody who's seen Booker on TV or in real life, you can see the the silhouette he can cut in a suit. You knew he was still in great shape, but but I mean he he looked great. I mean it's so fun to see him there. Um, Logan Paul, um, who's big uh, double, uh, what the, like the the, the, the double coast to coast crossbody with Ricochet was was the moment of the the spot of the night for sure. Oh, yeah. Ricochet, by the way, got a great run in the oh, yeah. in the Royal Rumble. Also Johnny Gargano. Uh, was a I think a surprise. I I I, I am I officially want to state I am no longer sure at the moments when I'm supposed to consider Edge's appearance a surprise. <laughs> I think we've been through this, but I believe that was sort of I mean that seemed to be promoted as a sort of big moment uh, right. surprise. Um, I have a question for you. Someone someone just randomly said this on Twitter, and this is kind of, I mean on on Reddit. I think this is kind of neither here nor there, but I want but I want Brian. I want you in on this too. How many people in the Royal Rumble, in the men's Royal Rumble, do you think were in their 20s? Just pick a, oh, a, a, a number. Their 20s? Yeah. How many WWE superstars? Male. That's Brian, what do you got? Under five. The, the answer is four. Oh, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> now tell me who they are. Austin Theory. Yep. Um, Brian, feel free I- to get in here. Is, under uh, thirty, uh, Ludwig, is he under thirty? No, 30? no. Um, I mean this list could be wrong. But oh, Dom, <laughs> Dominic, Dom, yep, Dom, Dom. Okay, this is Dom. Uh, jeez, that's a hell of a question. I know Ricochet is thirty plus. Yeah, I he know, was the first person I was thinking. Yeah, God, I, 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 I Paul don't know. Is under Who's thirty, the third? right? Who? I mean, uh, what, Logan Paul, he's over 30, right? Uh, Logan Paul's 30 something, yeah. yeah. Logan Paul is 27. That is, oh, he, really? he is, he is one of the, he is <laughs> no one of the way. few 20 somethings in the match. And there's, and there's one more big omission. Uh, just, just tell Yep. <laughs> the, wow. big, the big man. <laughs> okay. 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 That's true. I forget. Damn. He just, he's not too far off the basketball court. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. he was just at UCF, uh, USF. He, 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 you, you, yeah. If you told me he was like forty-five, I'd be like, cool. Like the, no, <laughs> you know, like, like any age works. I frankly think they should make a bigger deal of his age. Yeah. Don't you? Wouldn't that if if you were like, look at this guy, he's a freaking monster, and also he's got like twenty more years. Like that's a huge. Like he's he's going to keep growing. You know, that's that's pretty big. Anyway, um, a, a little bit beside the point. I, I don't think it, it did feel like. I'd say the women's rumble certainly had more of a vibe of the future, and you can probably calculate the ages or the relative career lengths, and I and and prove me wrong. Yeah. But uh, in terms of like youth, the women's rumble did it. Uh, in terms of 
you know, the future of men's wrestling in WWE. Well, there were a lot of winks. I mean, there were a lot of sig- uh, signals in this match. It wasn't just kids coming out there and wrestling, but like Gunther was made into a star, you know? I mean, you got a good idea of what they could do with some guys like Ricochet, you know? I mean, and even like you look at Brock Lesnar, who's on the other end of the spectrum. What the, what the Rumble did for him was really formally established that he's in a new phase of his career now, right? He's still a monster. He still can just like tear through anybody. And mm-hmm. yet he's beatable. He's like, he he's a, he's got a little, he's got, you know, he's got just enough age, got just enough whatever on him that on the, at the, in, in any given moment, you can get that guy, right? Um, and so I thought, I mean, it wasn't exactly a changing of the guard situation. Seeing him and Gunther stare down was quite a moment. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I thought, I thought that there was, there was still enough kind of looking at the future, but really this was about solidifying Cody Rhodes, right? This was about making Cody Rhodes. I want to talk a little bit about the, the number 30 thing, because that was my reaction. My reaction was on the negative side of that, this part too. We were all saying, well, why, why would you announce that he's coming back? And the answer was, well, so someone more surprised our answer was because that leaves the door open for someone more surprising to be the surprise, right? Or someone else to be the surprise. And that wasn't the case. Not only did they call the shot that he was coming back, but they made him number 30. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw somebody online fantasy booked. Why don't just, just flop Cody and Logan Paul have Logan Paul come out at 30 because he's a big enough surprise and he was ready to take the booze, right? So like he could come out and like, see, that would be the surprise. See, that's, and, that's, I feel the reverse of that, right? Like, I think Logan Paul was there to take in the booze eventually for Cody, right? Exactly. Like, I think him yep, coming in there first right. kind of like absorbed, like, oh, this fucking guy, you know what I mean? And like, he played. And then great. you know that you know what 30 is going to be and exactly. you can get it out of your system, yes. right? That's it was getting it out of your system. And that's what letting Cody be 30. And again, when you're making these sorts of decisions, it's on the one hand pretty brilliant, and on the other hand, well, you put yourself in a corner to be doing this. So, like, whatever. Uh, not exactly an, a, a full throated compliment here, but but if, but given the parameters, let's just say mm-hmm. that whoever booked the match, whoever produced the match, had nothing to do with the bigger decisions at play, right? If it was a separate people, then whoever whoever produced this match did a hell of a job because mm-hmm. it was the right it was the right choice for us to get all of the, oh shit, it's going to be Cody and he's going to win out of our system before Cody (laughs) came out. And then once Cody came out, he had just a a hell of a run. I mean, it was obviously, it was relatively brief compared to everybody else. But like I said, he and Gunther had like a match, man. I mean, they like went at it and there were so many false finishes that you actually started buying into them. And it was, I don't, I mean, and I think that by the end, the big thing, Gunther was the right guy to be putting over as a sort of like, Oh no, he's unobjectionable. Everybody loves him. The casual fans, the diehard fans, like everybody loves Gunther. And by the end, it wasn't just that he looked good, but that Cody had a hand in making him look so good. So that Mm -hmm. if you had any resentment left for Cody being the number 30 and being the winner and being the sort of having the red carpet rolled out, you sort of, you had you had a reason to be appreciative of him. On top of that, it was the first match of the night, right? Mm-hmm. So like, well, that was the other thing. Putting it, it first, yeah. Putting it first was a choice, but a good choice. Like in hindsight, especially given how the main event ended, you know they've learned. If there's one thing WWE has definitely done, they've definitely learned from the mistakes of Royal Rumble's past and knowing exactly how to get the right story, mm-hmm. the right mm-hmm. positioning. And I've always said this on the show. WWE, pro wrestling, but specifically WWE, is not about championships. It's not about wins. It's not about losses. It's about positioning. 
And if you're positioned in the right way, like Sami Zayn probably hasn't won a meaningful match in years. He really didn't wrestle for like my whole time there. Like for about two years, he just didn't wrestle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And But he's been positioned so well that he's the unquestioned favorite to be uh, at least one of the main events at a WrestleMania. And mm-hmm. that's because of positioning. You know what I mean? Last year, he was in a comedy match, but he was positioned in a match in a place that was important for the show, that was mm-hmm. that performed oh, extremely well. And, you know, nobody cares that he's, oh, he's never won. Well, he's won the Intercontinental Championship, but that's really it. Like, he's not this, he has been positioned as a threat. You know what I'm saying? And that goes the same thing with this Royal Rumble. This past Royal Rumble was so good, this men's Royal Rumble, because it was positioned just in the way where even though Cody wins and even though you know what's expected, you still see, well, it's a lot of time between now and April. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so and, even like, even like legitimately, like it being the first match at the Royal Rumble, specifically telling you subconsciously, we've got so much time. To get to a point where if, this is a WrestleMania-worthy main event, to be totally agnostic about it, if you had had Sami Zayn come in and Royal and and win the Royal Rumble, you'd be in the same place as you are now, with relatively speaking, with the Sami Zayn bloodline storyline, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't have Cody Rhodes having won the Royal Rumble. You know, right. I mean, so you right. you have you I mean you have one more piece on the board. Even I mean, if that's what the way we're counting, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We've got to move on. We're going to talk about the bloodline. We'll talk about the bloodline at the end. Like I said, we'll go in order, but other notes oh just big shout out to the judgment day for like you know just taking over the rumble for a while that was a lot of fun to see i mean and you can and again talking about people whose you know reputations are sort of getting solid got sort of got solidified on saturday night i mean you, you could tell that they were you know they were being treated as more than just like the guys that got to eat up a lot of time on monday night tv you know i mean and, and it was I, I thought that was good dominic i mean I, I don't I even think, know what I think to he's say. Arrived, yo. I, think I don't he's even arrived, know what to man. say. <laughs> he's. I think I was more. I think I'm more shocked by him than just about anybody else. Because even when he joined the Judgment Day, even when he joined, you could see him. You could visibly see him looking at the other people in the group to see what his face should do. <laughs> right, like you could, like you, he was so raw even then. Mm-hmm. And now, after those backstage segments, I mean, the, the pre-taped segments and stuff, and the, this new sort of, you know, jailbird character, whatever clicked with him has clicked so hard. Yeah. I mean, he is just insanely good and insanely 
over and i just it's hard to it's hard to believe he he might be the he might be the best heel on raw right now <laughs> like which is crazy to say like nobody draws more of a reaction than he does whether it's online whether mm-hmm. it's i mean and this is stuff that matters to people like all those youtube videos all those backstages or just showing up at ray's house those those things do bad buddy numbers you know yeah. what i mean i'm talking about hundreds talking about tens of millions of views on these things and now he always had the in-ring chops. I don't think that was never really in question. Like, is he somebody that's going to have like a five-star classic? No, but he's always been perfectly capable. Now he is, his character has become so good, so easily hateable, so still, but when he walks out with the Rey Mysterio mask and he's in San Antonio, Texas, which is like, a place that the Mysterios have made famous for decades, right? Like, it's crazy that he probably got the loudest negative reaction out of anybody who came out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and not even in a cool, like, we're booing you. Cause, I mean, you know, obviously Roman took the cake later that night. But, like, there wasn't, like, he's just so easily hateable. He's just so good. And um, he's done a great job as far as just like really finding himself, like kind of having a little bit of Eddie in him as far as like being like the the liar and the cheater and like kind mm-hmm. of mocking him a little bit, but also this spoiled Gen Z, like mm-hmm. young brat type of deserves everything, but works for nothing type of heel that like people can relate to. Like the hardest thing about creating pro wrestling in 2023 is creating heels that people actually want to boo. And to do that, you got to really, you got to really examine who is it that people don't like in the real world. (laughs) And Dominic kind of has so many of those traits innately. And on top of that, now he's making himself more than he is. Now he's talking about, he's this big ass jailbird who did hard time and you know, all this other stuff. And I think he's done such a great job just really coming into his own. And this is all without his dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is all without like Ray. It's been huge. Him, so. Ray it's wasn't really- there. On, speaking of his dad, Ray was uh, the the number before Dom in the Rumble. Ray never made it out. I mean, he's, he has a real life injury. And I guess this is the sort of placeholder to get them into the ring together, potentially at WrestleMania. But mm-hmm. having Dom come out with the mask, I thought it was a nice little... A nice little, uh, you know, nod towards you know what we may be looking at in the future. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was. I, I believe I, a lot of people have been raising the issue of whether or not Ray, since Ray was never eliminated from the Rumble, if that means there was some sort of there's some sort of clause and you know some sort of asterisk by Cody Rhodes's win. But I believe we've established that you have to enter within before the next person comes in, or, or <laughs> loosely, or and and at some point you're just you don't count. But mm-hmm, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Cody Rhodes did, for the record, exit the ring over the top rope of his own doing. So, you know, if you want to make a conspiracy about this, if Ray like wanted him, to come in and do it, then he, I guess he could. What they should do, I mean, Ray Mysterio versus Curtis Axel versus Cody Rhodes <laughs> for the winner of Royal Rumble. I they mean, should do that and just have Cody Royal. squash the, just Cody dominate and win in five seconds. That would be fantastic. <laughs> would be um, uh, moving on. Next up was the pitch black match, which, like I said, I think I'm a little bit higher on than most. I thought it was, listen, (laughs) (laughs) the match was fine. I thought bell to bell, it was totally unspectacular. And yet, like, 
higher than better than I was expecting. Um, that is I thought the, that Dave, that is the literal definition of mid. <laughs> that's yeah, that the well. literal definition of mid like well this is a mid, this is a mid card feud right now so yeah <laughs> uh, um you know I, I thought that what would i say coming in one we had to i think w, if wwe is smart they would know that a bray needs to win and b we need to get some sort of actual advancement in the Uncle Howdy's story explanation. Well, we got the first one. I'm not sure we entirely got the second one, but we certainly got some Uncle Howdy. Um, Who apparently uh, is Shane McMahon, and none of us knew that. <laughs> or Darby <laughs> Allen. I don't know. I mean, that was... Uh, yeah, it, it was... It was a... We can... St- okay, so he comes to the ring, looks kind of normal. The black lights come on, and he looks bonkers. It was that part, that visual... I mean, black light being sort of cringeworthy a cringeworthy medium aside i thought it was really cool i thought it looked really cool and 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 you know i'm just a kid but i guess i guess i was talking to somebody about this who wasn't as into it i guess for me it comes down to this yes bray wyatt falls into the like horror category of wrestling i did a whole episode of the book of wrestling about it right uh, about Kane and 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 whether or not horror can be like a viable form in wrestling and 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 mm. the, the the answer is you know the results are kind of mixed. I think that it, you it, to appreciate Bray, you have to sort of give yourself over to the fact that yes, it's horror, but it's also camp, right? Yeah. I mean, it is just it's camp. He's big, he's awesome looking, he's intimidating. He's one of the scariest real dudes in real life in pro wrestling. He's the, 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 this isn't <laughs> ultra serious, right? This is this right. is camp, you know. Right. And 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 I think that that doesn't mean that you have to laugh at it or giggle at it or whatever, but it's like, it's going to be like, this is a dude and wears a monster mask, you know, like it's like, it's a, it's when like there was a, when I was growing up watching Memphis television, there was a wrestler named Leatherface who was, who was, you know, from the, it was a rip off of the chainsaw mask. We used to have dudes in Memphis who would just wear Halloween masks into the ring. And you're supposed to be scared by them. But even as a kid, you're like, Oh my God, this is campy. This is why I don't know the word. This is silly. Right. I mean, that's, that's, but that's, and then you pretended to be scared because that's what watching wrestling is and whatever. I, I just, I guess that part does, I guess the silliness of it and the black light of the whole thing doesn't bug me as much as maybe it does some people. What about you? I mean, Dave, I ask myself, like, how am I supposed to like, I mean, granted, anytime we turn on the microphones for these shows, I'm always super grateful and super humble and super happy that we got to talk about wrestling for however long we talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. But like, sometimes I'm like, how am I supposed to legitimately like critique a match with like face paint and glow in the dark mm-hmm. ropes and black light, like, Sometimes, like, you just hit the nail on the head. Like, sometimes you just got to step back and remember, there's a prob- There's probably a 10-year-old right now watching this that thinks this is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? Like, there's, like, a 10 or 11-year-old that's watching this that's like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. Just like I felt when I first saw The Undertaker get, like, stomped out by, like, 30 people at the Royal Rumble and then get, like, float through the screen out the casket and they the casket under- match. I was like eight years old when I watched that. And to me, that was the scariest shit I've ever seen in my life to that point. You know what I'm saying? And it can be scary and campy at the same time. Again, I said this in the book of wrestling on the book of wrestling, but but it's but it's so funny to me that people look back at like 90s WWE and they're just like, oh, there was a wrestling dentist. Oh, there was a wrestling plumber. <laughs> there was a wrestling clown. And there's like, nobody says, 
oh my God, there was a wrestling un- zombie old West mortician. <laughs> and then he had a brother who They're was like, not nah. from the old West. I don't know how that happened. But like his brother was covered in bright. Like it's, it's so dumb. Yeah. But what matters isn't how, okay, listen, you can make, you can formulate a critique of Bray Wyatt from the beginning where, he, where you, where, where you would argue he spends a lot of time saying, oh my God, like figuring out what would look cool and not enough time asking, will that also look dumb? You know, like, <laughs> but I don't, but I don't think that's the point. I think that's totally beside the point. I thought yes. it was really cool. And, and and by the way, after the match, he, he wins the match. Then he puts on a mask, some sort of weird new mask that it's like, this is what I'm going to wear to murder people. And he took <laughs> LA Knight, who had a good, LA Knight had a good showing, all things considered, right? I mean, he just certainly came up, came out of, right. he's going to come out of this feud better than when he went in. And he put on a mask, took him to the back, where he like threw him up on a platform, beat him up, and then, and then Uncle Howdy appeared from the rafters and did like a, the dive where the angle wasn't great and didn't look like you really got didn't get all of them as, they, uh, as the announcer would say and then at that point we show them lying on the ground and they look up and the whole the whole uh, funhouse posse the human versions are like looking down um it was it, I, I was into it i mean i'm sorry it was a it was a good show maybe it, it lifted my spirits but but i'm into it i mean people ask people who were, t- were tweeting at me but when i tried to explain bray wyatt and what, what i think is going on with bray wyatt so let me I, I didn't i don't think i made it really clear or at least to some people i didn't here here's let me just make it really simple this is what i believe and what, what when i watch it this is what makes it totally watchable bray wyatt is like this is fight club Right? Bray Wyatt is the narrator and Uncle Howdy is Tyler Durden. It's the same <laughs> dude and everybody in the fight club looks at Ed Norton when they come in and they're just like, all right, is he, who's he right now? Okay, let's just, let's not, right. we're not going to, we're not going to break anything. We're not going to convince, we're not going to let him know that we think he's someone else until we get to the very end. Right? All these other full, all these other people, including presumably who's ever wearing this Uncle Howdy mask is like down with the dark side of this man, Wyndham Rotunda. Well, you want to call that Bray Wyatt or Uncle Howdy? I guess you could say Wyndham Rotunda is the narrator and Bray is the uh, is Tyler Durden. It's I know it's very confusing, but I'm very confused. Yes, <laughs> basically there is just a there is a guy who is the who is a cult leader still who has all these people around him, and then half the time he's just like he thinks he's a member of the cult because he's he's not there all that he's not all mm. he doesn't have it all together. So when he's so so when he's Tyler Durden, when he's like he then he's like, hey, dude, put on this Uncle Howdy mask and jump off the roof to kill my to kill this dude I'm fighting. Like that's that's what's going on here. These are all still his followers. He just doesn't know they're his followers all the time. Dave, you did a much better job of explaining that than I think Bray could have in the past several <laughs> weeks. No. I think. Guaranteed, if I'm right, then they then he has said out loud, "This is Fight Club, but wrestling." Right? I mean, that, that must be. I mean, someone said that out loud. Anyway, I thought it was fun, um, but I think that you know we didn't get a lot. We, the next match was Alexa Bliss. Uh, we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, although, I, I would guess say it the, ties into the last match, right? A little yeah, bit. we saw she sort of had her thing at the end where she looked at the black and white film of the swing sets and thought, maybe I do need to embrace the dark side. So I don't know how much connection they're going to have here. It does seem like they sort of have to do that at some point. I mean, now, I mean, it seems like that's inevitable, but who knows? It was nice to see Alexa in the main event. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the, in a, in a, sorry, not in the main event, in a championship match and looking legit, legitimate. 
right? I mean, it, it, this wasn't like a five-star classic or anything, and but I thought that, I mean, I thought if you were going to eliminate another match from the card, this probably would have been it. But I, but I do think that, you know, it was a fine match and Alexa was looked good for having the opportunity and, and Bianca Belair looked great because she's the fucking great champion. What do you think? Yeah, it was a Bianca Belair match, man. She's she's on her Cena shit right now, it feels like. You know what I mean? Like, you just kind of throw her in there and it doesn't matter who she's in the ring with. She's going to give you something solid every single time just because she's an absolute beast in there. But, I mean, you know, it, yeah, I mean, I guess Alexa put up a little bit of a fight, but it didn't seem like that to me. It seemed like the last, like, five minutes, it seemed pretty one-sided. Like, Bianca was pretty much took her ass to town towards the end and I think that's why Alexa looked up into the Uncle Howdy and all that stuff I was like damn like maybe I really need to maybe I really need to like dive right in who am I like trying to convince myself you know and they kept mm-hmm. repeating do you think you're in charge do you think you're in charge or do you feel in charge and stuff like that so I mean I kind of saw it the opposite like it was it seemed like a regular you know bare bones Bianca Belair championship match and the last five minutes were like especially dominant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wasn't like a, oh my gosh, I just pulled this one out the skin of my teeth. Like Bianca put her in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> and then Alexa was just like, fuck, what do I do now? You know, and then here comes Uncle Howdy. So I don't think we're completely done with the Bianca Alexa stuff quite yet because I still think, you know, as you know, you think with Uncle Howdy's help, then then Alexa has a has another has a, has a chance against Bianca. Well, yeah, I think we're going to get some elimination chamber and uh, I think it's going to be something a little bit more deeper and scarier. And and uh, who knows, man? Like, I think. You know, with Rhea Ripley winning the Royal Rumble, I still think either a combination of her or Bianca or Charlotte is the money match at WrestleMania. So I'm not necessarily sure if this newfound well, thing for Alexa eventually leads to her winning the Raw Women's Championship. You know what I'm saying? Like, I th- we'll, we'll talk about the Women's Rumble now. Uh, we'll see. I mean, okay. skip to the end. Rhea Ripley was your big winner. She started yes. at number one and made it all the way through. Um, had a bunch of big moments throughout it. So who? Wh- what is your prediction now for what we're going to see with the two women's championship matches at WrestleMania? I don't know. She's the only one with an actual choice to make, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I'm not necessarily sure if, I mean, in, in, in my perfect world, I, I still think Bianca and Rhea one-on-one is I think that's the, the money match, match. I think I think you just keep, I think for, in the absence of anything more compelling you just keep yeah. telling that story in different forms as many times as as much as you can because yeah. that's the one that's going to end up having the most longevity the most impact and then when they come when you do it again you're not just like you know it's not your only shot right you do it again in three years and it's just mm-hmm. all the more impactful because of it that's what that's what i think but but uh, i don't know i mean it, honestly it wouldn't shock me if we got a triple threat with both titles on the line and rhea ripley in there you know i, I mean i'm guessing they won't because they have two nights to fill but you know um i would if i had to pick i would say that it's gonna uh, I, I would do rhea ripley bianca belair yeah i think that's that's the match to have i mean it wouldn't shock me if we got Rhea Charlotte again. She still needs that get back from WrestleMania's past. You know, um, wouldn't shock me if they, you know, Bianca and Charlotte get start getting into the, the friendly disrespect a little too much to eventually they want to get in at each other. And Rhea's like, you know what? I'd love to just take on both of you guys. And if Charlotte agrees to it, like whatever, I can still see that. But it was the right choice her winning the Rumble. It's the obvious choice. She's been the, you know, outside of the champions that we currently have in um, 
and uh, Charlotte and Bianca. Outside of like Liv Morgan, she was probably like the best choice to win. And on top of that, Liv Morgan also had like a great showing as well, too. So I think there's an opportunity there for Liv Morgan and Charlotte at WrestleMania as well. I think she's mm-hmm. really up to her, up to her, up to her stock and her just being like this crazy table bumping, you know, violent woman kind of is intriguing to Charlotte because I feel like there's a story to be told there as far as like how far she's come since Charlotte's kind of been the queen of the division. Um, so there was, I, I love how many stories they helped set up over there, man, because, you know, there's some talk about the women's division in WWE lately about it not getting sort of like the best credit it deserves. But I think the women's Royal Rumble is probably just as well booked as the men's Royal Rumble. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. And yeah. And, and I mean, mates- yeah, people, okay, you can, you, I mean, you listen, the, the men's Rumble, I think in the, in, in the public, my public imagination is getting dark some points for just the inevitability of Cody Rhodes. But I think that, that, um, that, so you know, take that into consideration. But I, but the, most of the re- the reactions that I've heard and read online, or say the women's was as good or better than the men's rumble. Oh, for in sure. In terms of booking, for sure. I think I think uh, obviously Rhea Ripley was my choice, and she was the right choice. Uh, but goddamn, I mean, there were so many people who stood out from that match, and 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 I, and I mentioned Liv Morgan as well. But I mean, like, yeah, so she many she other, she I mean, had the bi- she had the big non-winner run. I think Word. in the match we got, um, we got the big return of Nia Jax, which Nia I'm not Jax. sure if that's a one-off thing or, or if that she's back full time. I, you know, uh, your mileage may vary on Nia Jax, but man, when she <laughs> won the title, I thought it was a really that, that was a really great little moment, and 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 she certainly like you know fills a slot, fills a need for that division. So I mean, who who I, I'm not gonna. Politics aside, I'm not going to be mad <laughs> if she's if she's it's hard, back. It's hard to it's hard to replace women's champions, man. You lost two, uh, in Sasha and Naomi, and you know a couple of the injuries. So we can get one back. For I think that there's a, I think that again, politics aside, I do think that there is a there is a huge. It's a new thing, right? In the new wrestling reality, the reality of wrestling. Trademark Booker T. <laughs> there is a. There, there is a stigma, justifiably, I think, that comes with, it used to be people would hate you if you were like pushed just because you were like, you know, like Vince's pet project or whatever. But if you are seen as someone who's only a WWE person, and by that I mean someone who can only be successful in WWE despite how big you might be. There's a stigma that comes with that. And the two names that I'm talking about are Nia Jax and Braun Strowman, who are like the biggest, biggest stars. And then when they were released by the company, there was not a like whiff of them showing up for <laughs> AEW or New Japan. Or I mean, I'm sure that Braun could have gone over and worked in Japan or something if he could get a visa. But but like he's he's or you if know he wanted to take less money, you know. Well, yeah, but but that's but that's sort of that I mean, that's what I'm getting at. It's like it's like we all know somebody at work who's getting paid an insane amount of money who would not get a fraction of that if they were out on the street looking for the same job somewhere else, right? But you're just going to get it because like you've built up this level of esteem or like because the company has done right by you to this point and put you in that position. Um, so I think that that's where some of the, I mean, some of the even non-hatery hate comes from or not non-apolitical hate comes from there. But, but you know, whatever. She's, if she's back, she's back. But, but that wasn't the only big surprise. We also got Michelle McCool coming out of the crowd and doing really, looking like a real wrestler with very little <laughs> ring rust. Um, I totally forgot 
uh, that she did the Styles Clash. I know I'm such an idiot for forgetting that, but when she did it, I was like, what in the? I was like, oh yeah, I forgot how hilarious it was that she stole the Styles Clash before AJ was in WWE. It just seems like such a different, I mean, it was, it was a different era. Um, What are the other big ones? We got um, uh, Asuka with the Kano look, the killer's back, man. She looked, that was so much fun. Um, Everybody was, you know, losing their shit when she came to the ring and they, they, they put her over, I thought really well. I think that's, that's one of the real, you know, like one of those moments where you're just like, oh yeah, Triple H is back in charge. Right. (laughs) Or, you know, this is, this is, this is, I mean, it's just so having her as someone who's that viable and that significant is just such, such a win, such a big deal. You know, and and that was gratifying. I'm going to let you talk, but let me just run through some of these names. Piper Niven is Piper Niven again. Um, Chelsea Green made her uh, long-awaited, long semi-awaited WWE debut. Uh, and I thought they, you know, she was in and out. She got that spot and I thought that was really great. And then Damage Control uh, kind of had the Judgment Day spot. They ran wild for a while and that was super fun. The other big note uh, was the look for the future, you know, uh, uh, Roxanne, Andy Hartwell, Zoe Stark, um, all got like real legitimate presentation, you know, in, in the rumble. And, and, and I thought looked really, really good doing it. I was watching with my wife and, uh, and her, her cousin. And, uh, I don't remember. There were a few other people who were there. Um, uh, Roxanne won my wife's vote for favorite wrestler of the night, especially at least new favorite wrestler. And, um, and she was, uh, she, my wife was actually upset that dude that Piper Niven was no longer Dewdrop. I don't, but but aside, <laughs> I disagree, we disagree on that. But I think we agree on most everything else. Um, I thought Zoe Stark in particular looked much. I mean, I know she wrestled in the tag match before, but she looked much more comfortable on the big stage than I would have expected. I've never. I'm not quite. I watch her on NXT, and I just kind of. I'm not. I don't care. But yeah. man, you put her in that ring and I was just like, my wife was just like, yeah, she's scary as fuck. And I was just like, yep, she is. Yeah. yeah, she looked like, it's weird. Like her and Roxanne Perez both came out. When Roxanne Perez came, I was like, she's going to be so awesome in the next few years, right? Like she's awesome right now, but it's like, yeah, when she really gets her character down and like she really takes over NXT, becomes a fan favorite and then she comes to the main roster, she's going to be really awesome. And it's going to be cool to look back at this moment. When Zoe Star came out, I was like, yo, she could be on SmackDown tomorrow. She could, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, she looks ready. Like, she's ready. You know what I'm saying? And not, and not, I don't, I'm not even sure if that's like the best or worst thing. She just looked so much more ready, even more than Indy Hartwell. You know what I mean? As, and Indy Hartwell was great. And Indy Hartwell probably has a lot more memorable NXT moments and memorable just WWE moments in general. But Zoe Stark just looked like she is, she looks like, Gosh, where could I compare it to? Like she, she was almost like a female Johnny Gargano, I guess. Where it's just like she could come in right now and just be a great hand and have great matches. And we're not really sure what her character is quite yet, but God, she could really be a great hand immediately. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and I don't know uh, if I'd go Gargano, but I, but yeah, okay. I mean, just somebody, I, I, I say Gargano, but I really mean like she looks like somebody who may not necessarily be ready to be champion yet, but like she could definitely go and have great matches with the champion for the next three months and it'll be just great. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. uh, almost kind of like how Rhea Ripley was a few years back when she first started like 
working Charlotte during the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like she, her, her character wasn't really truly defined yet, but you can tell like she's ready to this, this four corners, this four turn apart about the professional wrestling. Yeah. She could do that right now. She's ready. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, and it, it, mm-hmm. it hasn't taken until maybe like this, this last six, seven months that we really know the character that Rhea Ripley is. And I think Zoe Stark's in the same place. Like, as far as four corners are concerned, well, and Rhea, Ripley's, right Rhea Ripley, to, to a large extent, was a uh, circumstance. I mean, she they found yeah. a group that sort of let her lean into the parts of her that didn't always make a lot of sense otherwise, you know? And it, and it, um, it just really gelled for her. Um, talking about characters and knowing who we are, uh, maybe it's a minor note. I was really impressed by Lacey Evans, just in terms of character <laughs> development, the whole, like, the salute me thing. The, I, after all of these promos have been running, you know, it, it felt like we've been repackaging her for about, you know, this is like, we're reaching like Funkasaurus levels of like, <laughs> how, of like the weight before we, re- I felt like I, she came into the match, even have, having seen her wrestle uh, in, in this character, I came into the match saying like, I'm not quite sure if I get this, if, you know, whatever. And then by the time, I mean, it, certainly by the time she was eliminated, I'm like, I know exactly who Lacey Evans is and I'm totally into it. I think she's a, a totally viable piece of this division. What do you think? I mean, rough timing for yesterday. I mean, I know Friday, she kind of got into a little bit of hot water, mm-hmm. uh, kind of working the gimmick on a, on a, on a fan that probably didn't need the gimmick worked on <laughs> at that point. It's heel uh, heat, baby. Yeah. Hey, but hey, say, hey, however you feel about it, go ahead. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't as mad about it as I guess other people were, but, um, man, yeah, I, I'll give, I'll give her credit right there, man. Like, I almost feel like for a while they've been trying to like repackage her and restart her so many times it almost became a joke. And, you know, now, you know, the back to basics boot camp sort of gimmick that she's working right now works for her because it feels probably the most authentic to her. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I was low key a fan of like the, the act like a lady sort of like. Oh, uh, I was the too. Southern, this, the Southern, the sassy the Southern, Southern Belle. Sassy Southern Belle. Like I was kind of a fan of it. I thought it was, my wife loved it. Like she thought it was hilarious. The music, the act like a lady, like all that shit. Thought it was hilarious. But, um, I'm always, I'm always down for a good repackage. Uh, well, it's, she's, she's perfectly fine, man. Like Lacey Evans isn't somebody who's like, oh man, she's going to carry the division. I don't think everybody needs to be that person. I feel like when people listen to the show and they hear our takes and especially a, a post Royal Rumble show where we get a, t- a small sample of everybody on the roster, mm-hmm. everyone, is, everybody's so extreme. It's like, oh, this person's the future of the division or, oh man, I don't know. This person needs to do this, that, and the third. Like Lacey Evans is perfectly fine the way she is you know what i'm saying yeah. like she's a perfectly good women's wrestler uh for a division that kind of needs reshuffling and i think i'll always tend to like the women's royal rumbles better than the men's royal rumbles especially as of late because they always feel fresher there's always more nxt talent there's always like more to sort of like wrestle they did the whole because, thing with only one legend you know i mean that's pretty right. that's uh, right am i missing somebody i think it was just uh the- and Gosh, Bailey's well, a living legend. I mean, um, Beth Phoenix sort of showed up at the end, but like, I mean, I mean, in the men's rumble, but like she wasn't in the women's rumble as well. Here's the thing. It's, it's, it's really exciting just to see that like every year, you know what I mean? The past Royal Rumbles were really built on the back of the four horsewomen, right? Mm-hmm. They were either the winners of the rumble or they were going to face one of them at WrestleMania. 
And I think this is the first year that I guess we have one horsewoman as a champion, but the rest of them didn't win or wasn't involved. And I think that sort of speaks to just more of the reshuffling of the women's division that has to keep happening for the next like several years, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's, I'm not saying the horsewoman era is over, but it's definitely at the time where it's like, okay, we need to find out who these next crop of women who are going to next this lead this next level yeah. of the division at. Like Bianca Belair is clearly like stamped, put her in the file cabinet. She's there. She's not going nowhere. But there's many other spots mm-hmm. to be to be filled over there. I mean, Charlotte just got back. We haven't hear a peep from Ronda Rousey. Um, I think you know the, the 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 current class of like the 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 EO skies, the Liv Morgans, the I guess Lacey Evans, like those people that sort of came up after, are going to be interesting. But that next crop still hasn't really been defined. So I think that's why the Women's Rumble is always much more interesting to me because it's, there's always more room for unpredictability and yeah. seeing where they kind of go. Well, and I think to your previous point, it's you establish the future. And I think that was the big look of this, but you also do, I mean, ha- kind of have to establish the middle class too, right? I mean, it's, it's totally okay to be not be, if you have a whole career and you're never a super duper star, or, or I guess, I mean, a, a much more generous way of looking at it is it's totally okay to be Kofi Kingston and <laughs> to like get your moment and may, and for some, or to be Daniel Bryan and not be, not be penciled in for that. But then all of mm-hmm. a sudden that's it. You're the biggest star in the industry, you know? And, and, um, Dr. There was a lot of establishing the future and, and to a large extent, the present in, in what we saw, I, I thought it was a really fun match. Brian, get in on this. Who's your big winner of the match. That's not, I mean, not counting Rhea Ripley. Who would you say came away with the biggest, uh, with the, with the biggest, I mean, because you could say, man. I, I mean, I would put, I would put Oscar up there. I put Oscar and Liv Morgan. Oscar yeah. and Liv Morgan definitely oh, yeah, had the definitely. best best showings. Um, you know, uh, I thought Liv was going to pull it out there at the very end, but the mist and being blinded and even like in defeat, she still kind of looked like, man, if it wasn't for that split second decision, she could have been your winner of the Royal Rumble. So I think she still looks strong, even though she didn't win. And I think the repackaging of Oscar was done really well. And, you know, Corey Graves did a phenomenal job of really heightening the importance of like, oh man, this person used to be one of the most feared women in the world. And now I think she's getting back to that. And she definitely showed it. Like, you know, she kicked mm-hmm. ass in there. So, man, you forget just how fucking awesome Asuka is, man. When you talk about, like, the, the golden age of, like, black and gold NXT, I know a lot of those guys went to AEW, but, like, Asuka's right there, man. <laughs> like, yeah. she was definitely a huge part of what made NXT yeah. black and gold such, like, an ill time of oh. professional wrestling. So, shout out well, to Also, her, sort man. of the downside, the, I mean, not to harp on it, it's part of the downside of NXT Black and Gold is that you could have someone have an undefeated streak and be like super dominant <laughs> and not actually have to like have the calculus of what happens next, right? right I mean, because so, right. I mean, but maybe he did. Maybe maybe those guys did know what, what they would have done next if they kept her. I'm um, Bailey to that list too, though. Yeah, I really, Bailey, go ahead. I was going to say, everything she touches gold at this point. And I know some people may be out on damage control, but. Who's out on damage control There's besides people Becky Lynch? <laughs> a couple people. You know, mm-hmm. a couple people online, they they feel like they just uh, don't really do much for them. But I, I love, they knock on damage control as they came in to be like this dominant force and they just haven't, and there's been a, a lot of sort of treading water. But you know what? They're going to, yeah. 
be feuding with Becky Lynch at WrestleMania with n- probably no belts on the line, and that's like a big deal that there's a match that's going to be of that caliber that doesn't and, and have a belt thing on about the line. The Royal Rumble that you love is the storytelling, the story within the story, because mm-hmm. we 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 smart enough to know like. Becky and Bailey's not winning, but they continue their feud inside the ring. So that's why I say, you know, I mean, both of them, but definitely Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, mentioned Piper Niven earlier. I thought, I think that you know, she got a, she got her name back, so she certainly came <laughs> came out better than she went in. Um, and but she had a she had, I mean, I enjoyed she had a good appearance, a good run in the in the match too. In terms of my the. If you want to take the poll of like my the 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 non diehard wrestling fans on my couch, Piper Niven got a big reaction. Um, who else? Um, oh, Zia Lee got a surprisingly big reaction. Um, I'm trying. I'm running through here. Obviously, I said Roxanne. Um, I mean, there were there were. Oh, Chelsea Green's moment I thought was great because I spent as much time trying to explain who she was and I wasn't even done before she was out of the <laughs> ring. Oh, and by the way, speaking of tempering expectations. Setting expectations, like if that's a theme of the night, you could you should have heard the amount of expectation setting I was doing as B Fab came to the ring, and then she looked really good for her like one minute in the ring. I was just like, now listen, we love B Fab. We're not sure if she's a primetime player yet, and then I thought she looked great. They don't do her no favors, and to be fair, I don't know if it's her. I don't know if it's the way she's booked, but like I've just never. I thought they seen booked her really good <laughs> during the Rumble. She came down and did some hair tour. I'm I'm not even sure. If she, I've never seen her wrestle. Like I've never what? seen her like really full out like have a match. So like I don't even know if it's like oh man what a terrible. She like, she 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 had a couple down in NXT that were nothing to write home about. That's why yeah. I, if if this was all you saw of her, then you would you would think that she be she could plausibly be a really good wrestler. So that's why I consider that a measured success. Um, all right. We is there anybody else that we have to mention in this one? Uh, uh, we could talk. There was, about there, there was a lot of what? And we still ain't sold out. No, no Hardy. I can't imagine. I, I love how they turned the ring into a stage, though. I mean, props, props to that. Like, I'm, I'm I was so tired of like the entry no. toy performances. It was performance- so late. It was. It, it was so late. By this point, <laughs> this had been going on for so long. I was, I mean, listen, I'm an old man who gets tired relatively early, but yeah. the my biggest problem with the rumble match going on first is that when it was when it was over, I was ready for all everyone to leave my house so I could go to bed. <laughs> like that's the feeling. I thought, okay, it's uh, Cody Rhodes, yeah, yeah, okay. Do I get to sleep now? No, okay. And then it kept. No. You know, there was a lot. There was a lot that followed. Obviously. You do not need to be throwing up video package commercials, whatever, to take the ropes off the ring and turn it into a stage before and after a concert at that point of the night. This is like worse than any AEW so long (laughs) critique I've had before. That was ridiculous. And I'm not going to. I will say this. There are a lot there are people online saying that was the worst performance, live performance in, in WWE history. Which is. Shows how young everybody is, <laughs> because first of all, Y'all well, outside. I mean, it was it was whatever. I mean, it was it, it, it the, doing a live concert that's supposed to be it, it, like where you have to set like set it up and take it down really quickly, and then it has to sound good in the arena and on TV. That's a it's a high bar, but also 
If you've never heard the DX band perform America, another shout out to the Book of Wrestling. If you've never heard the DX band perform America the Beautiful, you do not know what a bad live performance is. Like Hardy was Hardy was like Nirvana unplugged compared to what the, the the DX band doing America the Beautiful. Brian, please just play 10 seconds of it at this point in the show. It was the worst thing anybody has ever had to listen to, and gloriously so. Um but yeah, that Hardy thing was that Hardy thing was so weird. I know we're all getting old. <laughs> but but this is the this is the way that I mean this is so off subject, I guess. The Super Bowl is coming up, like whatever. This is the Super Bowl halftime show is usually a bigger star, but I feel like every time there is a big concert as part of something else, you know, every time there's the award shows of people playing, everybody's just like, who is this again? Like, why do I care about this person? You know, like whatever. And that was just, just such a swing and a miss for WWE and for Hardy, frankly. You know, I thought that giving a song to them and narrating that opening package was enough. We didn't mm. need the performance. <laughs> That was more time than I planned to spend on Hardy. Well, that Wait, was more time. Oh, ben, said, ben, ben, ben says he's thinking it's safe to say Rihanna will do much better than Hardy this year. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. She needs to pull out some music. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. So the, the, the big main event, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. I'll let Rosenberg tell. I'll let Rosenberg comment on this if he wants to. But uh, everybody in the pre-show picked Roman Reigns. Not be surprising, I guess. I mean, at this point in kayfabe, you'd be crazy to pick Roman Reigns. And outside of kayfabe, I don't think anybody thought the belt was changing hands at the Royal Rumble, right? But it was there to tell a story, and it was a hell of a fucking story. And even, I mean, the match was again. By the time it started, I was like, like if you guys just want to go right to the you know, go right to the, 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 the ending. I'd be, I'd be fine with that, but they told it really methodically. They told the story really well. They made Kevin Owens seem 
really, really viable within the context of the match. He had one notable botch that I thought that he cleaned up so well that like it was more impressive than if he had hit it almost. And um, I, I mean, I don't know what I can possibly say about this match without saying that Kevin Owens getting his head, the back of his head smashed against the steel steps two times was maybe the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in pro wrestling. Well, let's talk about that match just for one second before we get to the post match. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what, what 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 do you think, Cass? How do you think they did? I think the match was great. I think uh, I mean, production wise, it just looked like such a big fight, and just I'm always big on like images before the match, and just seeing mm-hmm. Kevin Owens like sitting on the turnbuckle with the spotlight on him. Oh yeah, and then like Roman standing there with the spotlight on him. Incredible match. I think the story that they told so well was just the fact that like Kevin Owens said a couple weeks back, I'm going to take the universal title from you or I'm going to die trying. And at some times it really looked like he was going to die trying. Like he kept. I was wondering how they were going to get there. I really was because that was because like that's a big proclamation. I mean, it's already it's also it's kind of implicit with a lot of guys. But just to say that is just like. Yeah, because when you say that, you pretty much say like, you know. You're pretty much clued in with the audience. Like, listen, we all know Roman's going to WrestleMania, but I'm going to look pretty damn good in this match. And if I don't, I'm probably going to get the shit kicked out of me, right? Like, it's going to have to be some terrible shit for me to to, to to not win this match. And that's what happened, man. Like, like you said, the stair spot was was brutal. The, I mean, all of the offense that Roman was getting in while looking at Sammy was just brutal. You know, it was like it mercifully ended after a while. You know, he took low blows. He took chair shot. He took every like Kevin Owens took everything. Those super kicks got the absolute shit kicked out of him for about 30 minutes. And there was definitely moments where, you know, KO had like, you know, some some spots there where. But I don't think anybody ever really thought he, he was not going to win this match, right? That Roman wasn't going to win this match. That's exactly what happened. But I think bell to bell, there was definitely a scary moment with that, um, you know, that that turning moonsault that he slipped off on the ropes. I mean, at least 80 people had touched those ropes before <laughs> on top of a rock concert. You know what I mean? It was probably going to be a little slippery. You know what I'm saying? So I, was, I wasn't shocked at all that that happened, but they covered it very, very well. And... Um, Man, I think uh, the story during the match wasn't necessarily the action, but just Sammy's reaction and Paul saying, like, this is why we worship you. That's why I, I-, I know that we say this all the time in various ways. But Talk about Paul? No. <laughs> well, yes, Paul. But like, so Heyman has been the best actor in terms of what happens on his face and what he's doing it, 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 for some time. I am constantly thrilled. And by the way, when I watch wrestling with people like on Saturday night, they notice this. They always notice this too. Mm-hmm. Heyman, uh, Heyman standing outside the ring, just reacting to things is one of the, is more, is almost as impressive as somebody in the ring, like whatever's happening in the ring. He's yeah. so good at it. And he's always, always on. Right. I mean, 100% of the time. Now, if you know Paul Heyman at all, you know, that he's always on 100% of the time, period. Right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, he's, he's a, he is a consummate, um, character performer or whatever, however you want to say it. I mean, that is a great compliment, but it's not just him now. Everybody in that crew has the best facial expressions. Any one of them, I could say, has the best facial expressions I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like he's so important to all of his characters that he works with because it's it's no one without the other. You know, uh, like you can't remember like suplexes without like Paul Heyman counting them out. You can't remember great offense from Roman Reigns without Paul Heyman falling at the feet of the tribal chief. You know what I mean? Like it all it all works well with one another. It, it all kind of helps each other out, scratches each other's back. The match itself, man, it was a great match. It was a great match. It was a competitive match. Um, it was a very giving match, you know. Um and I think Kevin Owens, despite getting the crap kicked out of him, still again looked like a superstar, looked like a megastar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, just there's almost more to win by losing a match like that, where you didn't just take on the bloodline, you took on Roman, you took on mm-hmm. your friend over there. It was unbelievably brutal towards the end, and uncomfortably brutal, which is, I guess, what it should have been. It felt like I was watching. As it led up to the end, it felt like I was watching like an old like gang movie where like there was somebody who was like super close to the like almost like Donnie Brasco, maybe. I don't know if you guys watch like Law and Order, uh uh um organized crime unit where like Stabler, like he gets way too close with the with the with the what you call it, with the not the Russians or the Albanians, you know what I mean? And he's all the way deep in. And he's witnessing people getting killed and getting murdered and all that type of stuff. And that's kind of how I felt like Sammy was. Sammy kind of felt like Stabler for a minute where he's like, man, like I'm way too deep right now. And Roman was saying that like towards the end, like he was like, yo, you're in too deep now, man. Like this is, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I guess to to get to the, the post match, which I guess everybody's talking about. That's yeah. It was. And I said this on Twitter. I said this is the greatest wrestling story ever told. Ever. Like, um, because it's not just paying off three years of storyline. It's paying off nearly a decade of storylines, really. Yeah, it really is. Because it's not just talking about the Thunderdome and and the bloodline and and Roman. This is really about Sammy and Kevin's relationship, too. Mm -hmm. Because while Roman is beating the crap out of Kevin... He's yelling at him saying, like, this guy's been an anchor for you since day one. He's like, he's done nothing yeah. but hold you back, you know? And then he's just start remembering, God, the first time Sammy won the NXT championship on Kevin Owens' first <laughs> night on TV. Yeah. He turns on him immediately, you know what I'm saying? I, like, but I, ho- I hope that this whole storyline ends with, with Sami Zayn having a triumphant WrestleMania moment and Kevin Owens powerbombing it. Right on the fucking... Just slamming him right back on the... On the, on the everybody would be... So, even the diehard fan... I mean, everybody would be so perplexed and outraged by that whole thing. God. But yeah, you're, you're right. And it's 10 years, not just because of the KO Sami thing. It's 10 years because all of Roman Reigns' career is this storyline, right? Yeah. Getting here. And by the way, I mean, there was a very deliberate wink at the Shield breakup when, yes. when Sami when Sammy hit him with the chair. And you could see it again on Roman's face when it, he wasn't, he didn't yeah, just PTSD. pass out. He, he like, had the, yes, his eyeballs bugged out of his head. He was just like, how is this happening right now? <laughs> Do you know who I am? It's so crazy. And then. You should know better not to walk up when you hand to somebody a chair. <laughs> you would it's think true. so at this point. It's true. Well, Sammy didn't even hit him that hard, but it was the most impactful, metaphorically impactful chair swing I think I've ever seen. And maybe if you want to say like, 
you know, Zabisco breaking the wooden chair over Bruno's head or something. But like this was, I mean, this was so, it was not about the the the, the swing. It was about the meaning behind it, right? And it, it was just, so the only knock you can tell me about this whole segment was that it was obvious, but like, Dude, like a well-written novel, it does not have like a swerve ending, right? I mean, this Word. is this is the story that we've been building, right? They, we've, they've been creating this and we've been building to this moment. And maybe they just sort of, you know, uh, you know, relished in the spotlight right there at the end a little bit. KO might have gotten a little bit too beat up. If you want to like pick nits, I, I wouldn't. I thought it was perfect. I thought, I thought it, was it was absolutely perfect. I thought, perfect. It was, I thought it was supposed to be an uncomfortable ass whooping. Like yeah. it had to get to the point where somebody had to step in and be like, yo, like, and even the way Sammy explained this stuff is like, he's still trying to be like, dude, like, you don't have to do this. This is beneath you. Like, mm-hmm. and it kind of was. It was almost like I was thinking of, God, are they going to rave in this dude? Are they going to like <laughs> straight up like, ECW arena like put him on? They pull him up like 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 the cross. I'm like, yo, they're about to oh, yeah. they about to rave in this dude. Yeah, they are. <laughs> it was it was so wild. Yeah. I mean, it was it was so legit, and I think that it's true because we're dealing in like the, our expectations of wrestling. That's what all of wrestling watching is in 2023. Our expectations and how we exp- how we play into them and play against them and everything. You can't just have Sami Zayn just like dive over KO's body like at the first chair swing, right? Because like, we all like, just like, because then he's just doing a thing. Then yeah. he's like playing into a trope. Um, like even if really I'm, felt even if real. I'm, even if I'm overthinking it, like even if this is a, a detail that they handed in and I'm not even, and I'm overthinking it for Paul Heyman. But like the fact that like, Paul Heyman had the handcuffs like that, that chair shot, that crucified chair shot is the ECW spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like, the fact That's that a like, great point. he held it to him and he knew what was about to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like it was and any wrestling fan that's seen that setup with the chair knows like, Oh my God, they're about to like, they're about to really scramble this dude's brains. Mm hmm. He gets about like thir- like they set him up like a firing squad. There's like thirty super kicks that he gets hit with, you know what I'm saying? And he's completely out. And then it was just like at least like five screenshots that are like burned into my brain. There's like Roman holding the chair out to Sammy, saying, "You should do it." Mm-hmm. So you're right. This is beneath me. You should do this. There was Roman pie facing Sammy. And mm-hmm. Sammy, like for a split second, like getting that bravery and then going back. I'm like, yep. fuck, man, you're right. You're the tribal chief, blah, 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 blah. And like you could tell. I mean, like, he like watched videos of like of like lions in the wild or whatever, where it's yes. just like you get like you, you you roar and then you're like, nah, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I, I know pre- I know the pecking order here. Yeah. Like and then on top of that, like it's almost like he went to in that split second. He went into survival mode and was like, this mm-hmm. is the only way this could stop. And just yeah. the smack of that chair, I mean, God damn. Like it went from even like before the smack of the chair, Roman's telling Sammy, like, dude, when you're in the ring with us, you own this ring. He's like, mm-hmm. I've given you everything. And he was like, or you can go back to doing jackass shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, which pays off last year's storyline. And then it's like, well, he gets smacked with the chair. Jimmy Uso, who's been like Sammy's road dog since day one. They got the yeah. handshake, all that type of shit. Like you could see the anguish in his face where it goes from anger to like, damn, this is my boy. Why did you do this? Now I got to do you. And then he kicks him. And then like Jimmy, I mean, Jay, the night before on SmackDown, 
goes up to Sammy and is like, Sammy, Sammy tells Jay, like, yo, what you did for me at the at the at the trial, uh-huh. like, I'll never forget that. And he was like, yo, if you knew anything for me, absolutely anything, I got you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He calls in the favor. Sammy goes and helps Solo at the match uh, night before. Roman's saying, like, yo, Sammy, I told you to stay away. I told you to stay away. Jay sticks up for him in the pre-show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nah, who's I did? I told him to come by, and he held us down. Like, he held it down for the family. Ah, ah, ah. So it's like, then Jay's reaction, where he's just looking at him, and like... Now you start seeing all the shit going through his head. Now you start mm. getting visions of the of the Thunderdome where Roman yep. was fucking abusing the shit out of this dude. And then like as the beatdown's happening, like he's almost like if he could if he could make himself three feet tall at that point, he probably would have. Like yep. he was just trying to shrink like, into the fold corner. in on himself. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it was some real mental shit where it's like, goddamn, if if and I, I watch a lot of TV, man, and it was so well done. It was just the emotion, well, the, so the facial expressions, the J aspect of it mm-hmm. was. If you're, if you're, if you want to say that it was, you know, that everything was sort of expected here, the J aspect of it was unexpected, or at yes. least was un, it was even if you knew it was going to happen, it, you it wasn't necessary to tell that piece of the story if you there, saw, right? If you saw, you saw the Sami Zayn part would could have been enough. They gave you, they gave us more, right? They gave us that extra icing on the cake. It wasn't the Rock. It was Jay Uso, right? It was Jay is walking away from the group, and mm-hmm. you're right. Jay said it was, it was Jay. He did. He was. He wanted to make himself invisible. You're right, but it was also what what was going on inside him was not just this discomfort. I'm seeing my my friend get beat up. Whatever. It's Sammy Zayn, who has been, regardless of how much I like him, have grown to like him or appreciate him or whatever. Like, he said, I don't know if, he, if they would have called themselves me. if he really thought Sammy was his equal. But what Sammy was just Sammy just did the thing that Jay couldn't do. Sammy yes. actually like stood up to Roman Reigns. Like did Jake, you know, I mean, I guess Jay did stand up to him, but Jay, but you know, then he didn't leave. He's part of the bloodline, right? He, he didn't, he didn't own it. And that's got to kill him. And I don't you know? even know if it's like when Sammy turns around and says, I'm sorry. Like he immediately turns to Jay, he to, Jay. Turn to Jimmy mm-hmm. because it's like, Jimmy, he knows Jimmy. That's my man. It's like, it will mean, you know, Hang on, handshake, handshake, handshake. Like, that's my guy. He immediately turns to Jay and says, I'm but sorry. Also, he didn't have to earn Jimmy's respect, right? Exactly. It's his guy. Exactly. His and relationship that, is with, is with Jay. Like, it, it, like the, like the, the relationship that's actually like, you know, in motion. Right. Actually, one with like actual stakes is with right. Jay. And that's why I'm, I'm going to pivot to the future here and make maybe a very controversial point. It actually makes way more sense. For Sami Zayn to be involved with the Usos, the tag titles, whatever at WrestleMania, than it yep. does for him to be wrestling Roman Reigns. It does it, like it does. It, like listen? I know we're all trying to get the title. We're all trying to get our favorite guys in the main event, and they're all they, they should all want the title all the time. But in kayfabe, why would Sami even want to take, to, to take the title from Roman Reigns? Mm. You know, like okay, I'm going to prove that like uh, friendship is better than whatever this thing is, right? Like, right. like I have a different philosophy than you. Obviously, you can make it work, but like, it's funny. Like the long reign of the bloodline atop professional wrestling has rendered the titles themselves almost immaterial. Mm. Both Roman's titles and the tag team titles, and people are going to keep coming at Roman and saying like, I want you know, I want to take your belts or whatever. But like, 
if we have KO and Sammy versus the Usos or whatever iteration of this that we end up getting at WrestleMania, the tag team titles will be very secondary to the story they're telling. And that's a compliment, right? I mean, it's like we're, the stories are, are, are more significant than the actual belts on the line. I don't know. I mean, I, I, Sammy's so over and and it make, and everybody wants to see him go with Roman. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I don't I know. What do you think? What do you think they're going to do? What do you think just, we're going to? What do you think we're going to get? Before I tell you what I think they're going to do, I just like to personally take my victory lap because I did say this months ago that this bloodline story is so good the Rock would only ruin it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I've only been proven right. So good, nobody even thought about Dwayne. Nobody thought about Dwayne until Travis. Uh, until uh, until uh, what's his face? Travis Kelsey uh, called somebody oh, yeah. a jabroni. At the end the, like, no, that was the first time I thought about The Rock all weekend until Travis Kelsey called the mayor of Cincinnati a jabroni. But um, what I think is going to happen is Sammy will challenge um, Roman at Mo- in Montreal for the for the undisputed title. One on or one. Matter of fact, or matter of fact, Roman will demand to 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 mm-hmm. challenge Sammy at in Montreal. He'll probably know. He'll be like, if they really want to get sick with it, they could be like, listen, who do you think got Montreal booked for Elimination Chamber? I did that for you. I thought that was supposed to be your shining moment. We were supposed to do this together. Da 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 da. Love that. I am now. I'm gonna make sure I fucking destroy you in front of all of your people. You know what I'm saying? So he demands the match. He gets the match. We don't see Kevin Owens at all. For for he's gotten the shit kicked out of him. I think we. I think Kevin Owens just fucking sits at home for weeks. Right. Then we get Roman Sammy. We get to see Sammy get back into his fucking NXT bag. I'm talking about like through the turnbuckle tornado DDTs, like fucking the springboard, doing all the insane. El Generico move sets, like where you get like some of the best wrestling that you've seen from him, like, that we've come to see from him in years. And just as he's about to make that move to possibly uh, the biggest upset in the history of upsets, as that Montreal crowd is fucking going ape shit, I think that is when Jay falls back in line. You think he's going to fall back in line? And then he causes Sammy to not win the world championship. Uh, that feels- as that happens, as that happens, here comes a returning Kevin Owens, who's also from Montreal, who's mm-hmm. also going to go get even more crazy ape shit. Like as Sammy's getting the shit kicked out of him, stunner everywhere, stunner everywhere, stunner everywhere. He's going fucking ape shit. You know what I'm saying? And then you finally get that big Sammy and Kevin reunion in Montreal. They go fucking nuts. They both look at the Usos. They look at the titles. They point at the fucking WrestleMania sign. And there you go. Yeah. You, you get them out of there. And then that, and then now you got a blood feud for the, for the, for the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles. Yeah. I kind of, I, I, I love that. Um, I think that, well, I mean, right. They, if, if Jay is really out, obviously we could do a thing where it's like, Sammy and Jay are teaming up, or you could do Sammy and K. I'm talking about WrestleMania. It could be Sammy and KO versus Jimmy and Solo with like Jay as a special guest referee. Like there's a right. lot of different iterations of sort of getting to the same point. I love the idea though of Jay kind of coming back into the fold or at least dragging out. You know, so maybe he's just a, we'll, we'll be tag team partners for business purposes only or like, you know, whatever. <laughs> there's a lot of different ways that you could do this. It is, we, I do have to mention. 
that we have the right number of people in this storyline right now to fill up an elimination chamber. I don't know if that, I don't know if they would actually do that, mm. but you, but it is feasible that you could have, you know, the bloodline plus Sammy plus KO. I mean, bloodline, including Jay, whatever as, as your elimination chamber match. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, and we're not going to do the full fantasy booking segment. We got to get out of here. I, I don't know that I would actually do this, but you could, if you wanted to live with the nuclear heat that would come with it, <laughs> and I think if any storyline could actually do it, you know, well, now we're in the realm of speculating about WrestleMania, right? And now it seems like, is Roman going to work two nights? Are we really going to do this thing where he's like going to defend the title against somebody and then, you know, Cody on one night and The Rock or whoever it is on the other night? Who knows? There's been a lot of talk about splitting up the titles. The Elimination Chamber might be the thing. What if, what if after everything we've been through, Sammy wins at the Elimination Chamber via Finger Poke of Doom. Roman gives him one of the titles and trusts one of the titles to him to defend at WrestleMania. No, you see? (laughs) Because Sammy doesn't want out. Sammy didn't say he was... Sammy just wanted to stop that beating, right? He's still... So if Roman wanted to toy with him... Uh, So Sammy becomes an ultra-mega heel in Montreal? Well, he's still just like, it's not my fault, guys. Like, whatever. I got a championship, whatever. But yeah, the finger poke would make the crowd go nuts. (laughs) God... You can't do that when you got competition. I know what happened last time. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. End. That was the beginning of the end right there. Yeah, no. Um, that being said, man, uh, I've said it online. I've said it to anybody who would hear it. That was one of the greatest uh, Royal Rumbles of all time. Definitely one of the greatest endings to any premium live event I've ever seen. And right now, this Bloodline story is entering a level... Uh, 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 a certain air of greatness that are only reserved for like the Undertaker versus Kane, the breakup of the Mega Powers, Brett versus Owen. Like that's like when I talk when you talk about just great stories being told through wrestling, mm-hmm. it's those right there. And now obviously there's been hotter angles, and I always feel like those hot angles are made because. Essentially, the internet marks get worked, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's always fun, of course. And I always love those stories. I always love being fooled. That's great. But this story has been 100% reliant on great storytelling. Yeah. And twists and turns and character development and callbacks and knowing and rewarding the viewer for paying attention and that's watching it. this shit. That's the biggest that's thing. All you want to do. And that's why I say, this bloodline story is the greatest wrestling story ever told. If they sell it in a box set in a few years, or if they have a, a dedicated channel to it on Peacock in a few months or whatever, I'm watching it. God, even if you didn't watch any of this story for the past year and a half, just watch the, 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 the video project, uh, the video package that was shown right before that match, watch the match entirely. Then watch it at the end. And you tell me that mm-hmm. isn't some of the most completely well thought out, nuanced storytelling ever told in the wrestling ring. I challenge you to find a better story that was ever told. I showed it to my sister one day. Um, the whole bloodline story, you know how they do on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was before, this was right after Survivor Series. 
I sh- okay. show her Survivor Series, and I said, let me take you back. And she's somebody who watched wrestling during the Attitude Era, but she was hooked. So yeah. like, everything you're saying is like on point. It's, it's, gosh. I can't, yeah. Just, I can't disagree, man. It's, it's, it's just the best. It's the absolute best. Uh, we'll try to think of the greatest storylines of all time for Thursday. Let's, let's, let's talk be about fun. that let's because it takes that. a bigger conversation. Um, we got to get out of here. Do you want to get your plugs in on the way out the door? Yeah, man. Catch me on, uh, Say Less with Cats, Looking at Rosie every Monday. We got a new episode with the legendary Paradise Gray in honor of the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Check that out. Also, you catch me on Count It right here on Points Bet USA. You catch on the YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, wherever you check it out. But I'm there Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And you can catch me right here on the Masked Man Show. Thanks for everybody who watched me on the Ultimate Show before Royal Rumble with my guys Matt, Ryan, and Sam. That was so much fun. Love doing those shows. It's our third season doing the Ultimate Show on Peacock and the WWE Network. So if you missed it, go on Peacock and check it out. Super fun. And uh, yeah, man, let's keep the show rolling. The road to WrestleMania is here. Off to a good start. Um uh, you can find me here. You can find me on the press box. You can find me on the book of wrestling. We're still working on it. Um, <laughs> remember to check out all the awesome programming on the Ringer Wrestling Show channel. We got us twice a week. We got Cheap Heat. We got uh, Friday something with Peter Rosenberg. And of course, the new Wednesday Worldwide Show with Brian Waters and Cal and, and Benjamin. Benjamin. I'm just reading his name right now. And our producer, Ben Cruz. Um, <laughs> check out all that stuff. We're going to have a lot of fun between now and WrestleMania. Apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Thursday, Humanoids. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.